Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We are continuing in the book of James. We're in chapter 3, verse 13. Stop fighting. Can I tell you the good news? Christ and Christianity brings us peace and love and harmony. That's what we have to offer. Are you tired of the fighting and the battles and the chaos and the war of the world? Come to God's house. Come to God's book, the Bible. Come to God's son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and learn a different way of peace and love and harmony and, and ending the war and the chaos and the madness. Are you tired of the fighting and the frictions and the bitterness and the hatred? It can all come to an end. Now, the bad news is sometimes the world gets into the church and the world gets into Christians and we get back into the, the old ways and the fighting and the yelling and the screaming. And God can change that. And worldly believers, we need to mature and to learn how to make peace and to stop fighting. And, and can't we all just get along? I was thinking of my childhood and a middle kid older brother, younger sister, and sibling rivalry. Oh, and me and my brother and sister, we'd have the most horrible fights, especially when our parents were gone. No adult supervision. And we were vicious and cruel, and we'd yell and scream and call each other names, and sometimes we'd even write mean signs about each other, you know, and put them up on the wall, and, and we'd be like, I know your favorite thing is that doll. I'm going to rip her little head off, you know. I know your favorite thing is that bike. I'm going to, like, kick the spokes in, you know. And I'm going to mess up your room. And I'm going to push your buttons. And I'm going to call you those mean names. And my sister had gum in her hair. And I didn't do it. You can't prove it. <laughs> do you remember those times? But we grow up, we mature, and we become Christians, and we're men and women of God, and we put off the old things, and we do the word, right? And we live the righteous life. Make peace. James 3.13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of of wisdom. Change your thinking, your knowledge. It starts like in your brain, right? And you learn how to be gentle. You learn how to be kind. You learn how to compliment instead of cut with those mean words. Is your mouth changing? Are your actions changing? Do you have a spirit of gentleness? Verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy, and selfish ambition in your heart. Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. See, that's the old way, the bitterness. I'm so jealous. I'm so selfish. Me, 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 do what I say. I'm ambitious. I want to be number one. I want to be on top. I want the raise. I want the promotion and the arrogance. And we're lying against God's truth, God's word. 
God has a better way for us to live. James is going to recall Jesus' teachings, his Sermon on the Mount, and the famous Beatitudes, if you remember them. Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, we think armies and warfare and tanks and bombs and who's ever the biggest is going to be the best. Oh no, Jesus is coming back. He's going to wipe out this place. He's going to create a new earth. And guess who gets to live on the new earth? His people. His children that are loving and meek and kind. And the meek shall inherit the earth. The Christians will get it all in the end. Not the big and the bad and the ugly. It's us who win. Verse 15. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above. See, you're thinking, you're street smart, you got to change your stinking thinking, right? Well, I'll just be loud and mean and aggressive and push my way and fight, and that's the old way. You got to change your mind. Let the Holy Spirit who's come into you as a Christian start changing your mind and your wisdom and your knowledge and your thinking. So it's not from God. It's not, it's not from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. Our old way of thinking, sometimes we're influenced by the occult and satanic influences and evil things. And James is saying we're going to change our actions from the inside out. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist. There is disorder and every evil thing. See, your actions are creating chaos, anarchy, confusion. The Holy Spirit brings in peace. God is a God of order, instruction, and headship, and, and it flows. And the church and the Christian should be the same way, a spirit of peace. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is peace, right? Jesus said, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, right? So we have a different way. We don't have to have the chaos, the madness. You ever go to bed at night and it just your life's in chaos and confusion and your mind is thinking and racing and you can't sleep and you're tense and, and it's just, it's wrong for the Christian, so you've got to give it to the Lord, surrender it, let him change you, change your mind, your thinking, your wisdom, your knowledge, a new way of thinking. 17, but the wisdom from above. So this is the wisdom, the knowledge, the way God wants you to think as a Christian. Here's what Christianity offers you if you will change and have the mind of Christ. The wisdom from above is first pure, it's clean, it's refreshing, it's holy, then peaceable. Do you want to have a peaceful spirit, a peaceful heart? Man, I look at the world, and they are so stressed, they are so angry, they're so vicious that it affects their health. They have ulcers. They have nightmares. They have confusion. Do you know the Holy Spirit can cleanse and fix and get it out of you? Get all that junk out, all the past, 
all the memories, all the guilt, all the shame, all the horror, God has the power. He can pull it out of you. I've seen it. Gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering. It's like it's steadfast, without hypocrisy. It's the real thing. The world is faking it. When the rich and the powerful say, oh, I have love, joy, and peace. Oh, no. You do not have the fruit of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. What you have is fake and phony. It's not the genuine thing. You're putting on a show. But this is the real McCoy. 18. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Jesus is our example, the Prince of Peace. He gives us peace, and now we bring peace into chaos, peace at work, peace in the home. You know, everybody's fighting. Maybe they're fighting with you. And what do you do? You give them a gentle answer, and it calms the situation. And you refuse to play that battle anymore. It takes two to tango. I'm not going to play that game. You push my buttons, but I got the spirit of peace. And I'm going to speak compliments and love. And I'm changing my thinking. I'm changing my words. I'm changing my actions. Sign the peace treaty. Call off the war. Bury the hatchet. Make your peace with God, with his family, the church, and with his world. You know, I see in some religions, they're meditating, they're doing chants, you know, they shave their head, they dance, whatever, scream, whatever, and they're trying to find peace. But true peace only comes from the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can make peace with God. Get to the root of the fighting. Chapter 4, verse 1. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Let's get to the root. Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? Why am I fighting? Well, you have wrong motivation, right? You want pleasure. Me, me, me. This word pleasure is where we get the, in the Greek, it's hedonism. Hedonism is the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence. It's like the seven deadly sins. I want it, you know, the senses. I want to taste it, I want to touch it, I want to see it, I want to smell it, I want to eat it. Bring it to me, you know. And imagine just unleashing your pleasures and your sensations. That would be maddening. You would ruin yourself. And I have friends, they say, oh, Pastor John, I'm not a Christian. I'm a hedonist. Oh, what's that? I'm into pleasure and doing all these crazy, radical, nasty things. Do you know what the end of that is? Death. 
if you pursue all your sins and your pleasures and your highs and your alcohol and your drugs and your affairs and your sensualities and you just go for it to the max, we're going to bury you. <laughs> You're going to be dead. I have friends that are dead today because they were hedonists and they pursued their sins and their lusts to the nth degree. Verse 2, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. Have you seen the triangles, the books, the true stories, the murders? Well, they had this wonderful marriage, and then they brought someone in, and then this person got upset, and that person. We had a church member who was in a triangle, and the husband got killed, or the, let me say, yes, the husband got killed by the lover. He shot him dead. I mean, lust, envy, fighting, doing nasty things. This is not the right way to live. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Why don't I have my goals and my dreams? Well, are you a Christian? Are you seeking God? Are you praying? Are you looking to God's help? He's the answer. Why, is, why am I so angry and mad? Have you ever asked yourself deep, probing questions? Why can't I sleep? Why am I so mad at this person? You have to do like a self-evaluation, a self-examination. Sometimes you need a strong, mature, Christian friend that has the guts to tell you the truth. Because you know everyone else, oh, you're fine, don't worry, I love you, you don't need to change. But you need a real friend who's going to tell you the truth. Well, you know, I've noticed. You really need to change this. Sometimes you need a pastor, you need a spiritual friend, you need a mentor, you need a Christian counselor that will tell you the truth. Not the one that you pay $150 an hour that tells you what you want to hear. <laughs> you need a real spiritual person that's going to say, you got to stop it, knock it off, change it. This is what you got to do. You know, I know your past. I know your stories. Could it be this thing from your past is affecting your future? Have you asked yourself those questions? Why do I get so angry? I see a big thing called transference, where somebody had someone who was mean and cruel in their past, and now they're taking out on someone in their present. I was so mad at that family member. They did this and this and that. Now I take it out on my family today. But they're innocent. They didn't do that to you. And see, we're venting our anger and our hatred, our resentment on the wrong person. We're transferring it. And so sometimes you need to go in the past. Go to the roots. Seek the Lord. God, show me. God, give me a Christian friend that will help me to get it out. Uh, as a Christian counselor, I think of the magician. You ever see the magician and he pulls out the little handkerchiefs and they're all tight and he keeps pulling it out of his mouth? That's a, a Christian counselor. They're pulling out all the garbage. Tell me more. Let's get to the roots. Where was God in this? What does God say? What does the word of God say instead of what a human counselor using secular psychology? What does the Holy Spirit say from the word of God? Verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Well, I want a mansion, I want a Corvette, you know, with a red one with an eagle on the, 
on the hood and a little Christian bumper sticker on the back, right? That'll be spiritual. And God's like, you're not going to get that, Johnny. You're like wasting money. That's, you don't need that, right? Sometimes we ask for wrong things, things for our own ego and pride and selfishness. And when you start praying right, then your requests are answered because God says yes and no and wait, right? So you ask wrong, and God says, no, that's crazy. You ever say no to your kids? You're a little boy, you're a little girl, you can't, that, you're not ready for that. No, that's not good for you. And God gives us good gifts because he's a good father. Verse 4, you adulteresses, you commit adultery against me, the Lord God. This is the prophet Jeremiah where he explains to God's people, you are married to the true God, Yahweh, and yet you're going after other lovers and other gods and idols. We call this idolatry, but God thinks of it like a marriage. You're married to me, and you're cheating on me. And God says in his Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not worship them or serve them because I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. I want you all to myself. And you might not understand, why would God be jealous? It's like cheating on a spouse or a lover. They ain't going to put up with that third person. Get them out or it's over. Do you see it? And my friends that are in other religions and weird beliefs and cults, they're like, can't we just all get along? Can't we coexist and put all the religions together? Can't we just put all the gods together and love them and serve them all? I don't think so. My God just won't put up with that. <laughs> and I really am afraid of him if I, you know, try to cheat on him. He's a righteous God, and he says there's consequences for cheating on him. You could read it in the Ten Commandments. I'm the only one. I'm the only true God. I will not accept any other gods. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You know, John, the great apostle, Jesus' best friend, kind of says the same thing in his epistle. Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15. You can't, like, love both. You can't be buddies with both. Now, Say your family member, your spouse, has an old, evil, arch enemy. And your buddy buddies with them, and you're calling them and texting them, and you're going out to eat with them. How long is that going to work? <laughs> they say, what are you doing? You know that person tried to destroy me. They hate me. Get them out of your life. You can't be friends with them and me both, right? You can't, like, worship the devil and then say you love Jesus. You can't be going after the world and living like the world and then try to be God's best friend. It doesn't work. You have to choose your friends and your enemies accordingly. Yes? Do you see it? So you've become a Christian 
Now you got to dump some people. Have you done that? Nice to drink and party. You got to dump those, you know, drinking buddies, you know, that best friend that you did drugs with and snorted lines, whatever. They got to be out. <laughs> you got to cut them off. Oh, yeah, you know, me and my friends would party and gamble. And all. You got to cut them off, push them out. They ain't your friend. Do you know that? Yeah, do some unplugging, some deleting, uh, unfriending. Crazy. Verse 5. Or do you think that the Scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the Spirit which He has made to dwell in us. It's the Ten Commandments. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. I'm jealous for you. I hunger for you. I want you. I think about you. I know everything about you. The hair is on your head. I think about you day and night. I know you better than you know yourself. That God would be obsessed with us. And when you become a Christian and you ask Christ into your heart, the Holy Spirit's inside of you, and the, the unity of the Trinity, the Father wants to connect with the Holy Spirit inside of you. He wants to connect with your spirit. He wants to be in communion and close fellowship and intimacy with you. Do you see it? Repent of your pride. Humble yourself. Verse 6. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What causes us to fight and argue and they push that button and they bring up that old thing and they say the wrong words and then your pride and your memories and it all comes up. Let go of the pride. Swallow your pride. Let it go. You know, God's been doing a work on me. I've had people that have hurt me, stabbed me, close friends, uh, traitors, best friend dating my girlfriend, you know, just horrible things. And you've got to let it go. Because sometimes then God brings new people, new relationships, and I'm letting that old experience ruin the new. Because the scars, the pain, the pride... Sometimes you have to, as a Christian, you have to humble yourself. God will give you grace. Verse 7, submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. James is big into doing. He says it's not enough to hear it. You got to do it. So what do you want me to do? Submit to God. Oh man, the devil's been working on me. Are you resisting him? Are you cutting him off? Are you hanging up on him? Are you disconnecting him? Are you slamming the door to the devil? And if you do, he will run. Remember Jesus battling the devil 40 days in the wilderness, fasting without food, and Satan tempts him. And he battles the devil by quoting scriptures out loud. That's what I do. I'll have some powerful verses. I know my weaknesses. I have the verses and I say them out loud. Sometimes I yell them at the devil. Sometimes I write them, put them on my mirror above my bed, in my bathroom, in my car. And I use these powerful scriptures to battle the devil. And then he gets out of my life. And I have peace. 
verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Why am I so far from God? Well, you've kind of drifted away. <laughs> you've kind of run to the old life and you've chosen bad friends. And you need to make steps. We say, put feet to your faith. And you need to make steps toward God. And every time you make a step toward God, another step, another step, he's making steps toward you. You know, I think of Adam and Eve, and they sinned. And God is walking in the garden. And they hear the footsteps of God. And they run and they hide among the trees. And God says, Adam, where are you? Something is bad in paradise. It's all fallen apart, the sin. And man has run from God, hiding from God. And God's giving him a chance. Where are you? Where are you? Kind of like a child. You ever play hide-and-go-seek with a child? Here I am. But Adam didn't want to be found by God because of the sin. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.